self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we We are are conversation Conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am calamity red and we're conversation con artists back for another wonderful fantastic episode you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point. And I can be found at red underscore calamity. Also, we're still doing a listener letter portion of the show. So if you have a question you'd like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationcardartist at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Card Artist, and send it to us that way. Yes, I know I sound sick, but it ain't the Rona. It's just the cold, I think yet to be determined well i hope that's the case because <laughs> me too <laughs> um people struggling with that rona they are so i don't want to be and there. you know none of us know which one of us what's one of our ass will end up in the hospital fucking with it either exactly so i would oh. prefer it just be a little summer cold and i think that's what it is i checked to make sure i, I ain't got no fever nothing so just a sore throat and I just feel blah. So I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, um, we didn't have any letters, but of course, I got Reddit posts. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Uh, let's see. Um, let me see. What do I want to start with? Um. <laughs> Let's start with this one, because I was like, okay. Uh, This is a 35-year-old male with his 26-year-old sister. My sister, who I let live with me, is pregnant again. How do I tell her to leave? This is a complicated situation I'm in. I essentially raised her as we had a broken home growing up. I've always been there for my sister, and we are close. However, she's made terrible life choices and choices in men. She got out of a bad relationship with nowhere to go last year. I let her and her three children live with me and my family. Things have been strange since COVID happened, but I've been trying to be supportive of her. She does work, but hasn't got herself on her feet enough to get a place of her own. My wife and I have been getting closer to giving her a time limit as to when she needs to be out. Today, tonight, she told us that she is pregnant again. She won't tell us who the father is or she doesn't know, which has made my wife tell me we need to back off on kicking her out. But I think she's taking advantage of us. How can I get her out without her hating me? I wouldn't give a fuck about her. Look, listen. <laughs> you got three kids already. You're 26. You're barely making it. You living here with us, and then you go get pregnant again. Your wife is a whole lot more caring of a person than I am, because I would have been the, the wife that would have been like, um, you know, your sister got to go, right? <laughs> like we can't, we 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 can't handle her bringing another kid in here. Like we barely making it as it is. Like your sister is irresponsible as fuck, and she's a whole adult. It's not your job. Like I get. You have you feel like you have a responsibility because you've been taking care of her, but goddamn, when does it be- when does it stop? I mean, true story. I mean, what the f- <laughs> uh, you got to prioritize what's important to you. I mean, if maintain either maintaining the relationship with her is important to you, or getting her out of there is important to you. So why uh, why do you want her out? 
Do you want her out because you feel like she's taking advantage of you? Uh, I don't think that's the case because he wanted her out before that. So yeah. it seems like just she's overstaying her welcome in the situation. Yeah. But you have to prioritize what's important. If maintaining the relationship is important, you're going to have to give her time. But if she's taking advantage of it, giving her time, it still ain't going to be something that she's fond of. So, so she's going to be mad as hell. She is, but so my little brother lived with me when uh, he was his during his first year of college. And that entire year that he lived with me, he would go to class and come back home and sit on the fucking couch and either play video games or watch TV. He never got a job. And the whole premise was that he was going to live with me. He was going to get a job, go to school, help out. Never happened. <laughs> never mm-hmm. happened. Gave him a year. And then that little Negro had to move on campus. And he wasn't happy about it. Um, but we had a kind of relationship. One, he probably knew that shit was coming because he know me. <laughs> and I had been telling him, like, yo, nigga, what you doing? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Um, and so by the time that freshman year was over, I was like, okay, you just need to move on campus. You just, you, this, this is not a good situation for you. It's definitely not a good situation for me because I was working. Second shift 911 dispatch. So I would leave, you know, two, two o'clock in the afternoon and come back almost midnight. And this nigga sitting in the same spot on the couch <laughs> when I fucking left. Like, oh, it was aggravating me so bad. But sometimes with your siblings, and I mean, we had, y'all, I've talked about, um, you know, the dysfunctional family that we grew up in. And my little brother has always, me and him have always been the closest out of all the siblings. So, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't. I wasn't sitting back like a, like a evil, <laughs> a evil villain. Like I'm about to kick this nigga out. <sighs> like it wasn't like that. I I hate. I didn't want to do it, but I also knew that in letting him stay, it was gonna have a more negative impact on our relationship because it was gonna get to a point where it was gonna get ugly. Because I was gonna. It was gonna get too much for me. Yeah. You know. So I think. It's hard with siblings, especially when you feel like you have a responsibility for them. But also, you have to remember, like, you at some point, everybody got to grow up. And she got three kids already and on a fourth one. Man. Like, shit, no, bro. No. <laughs> he ain't even said him and his wife got no kids. Don't even, I mean, <laughs> y'all just, hell no. That's too much for me. I I would, and there are, I mean, there are, I would help her find their programs and stuff to help single mom that got all of this shit going on, like what she got going on. I would help her. I wouldn't just put her out, but we would be making a plan for her exit. Like that shit would happen. Yeah. And she got upset. She just, you know, it is what it is, but hell no. Another baby. And you don't even know who the daddy is. So you really just out here still just being reckless as fuck, huh? No. It's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to the help that your brother has given you for you to just be like, oh, I'm just going to keep living my life. <laughs> they helped me with the kids. It's cool. My brother used to be so entitled to my energy. Like, he... Um, so what happened is my sister, she owns a business, a trucking company, 
and she opened up a new in Charlotte, North Carolina. She opened up a new one in Atlanta, and she needed somebody to run it. So my brother needed somewhere to be and needed some money, and she was paying him pretty good to be down there doing it. I don't know. I guess he was depressed or something, and he wasn't doing nothing he was supposed to be doing. He was supposed to be helping build a business. He was supposed to be going to truck stops and passing out flyers. He's supposed to have gotten a phone cut on. He's the business. like, But for like three or four months, he literally just going to the business, sitting down and smoking all day. <laughs> and my sister showed up. She popped up on him. And the flyers that she gave him to pass out weren't done. The phone still wasn't on. Nothing he was doing was supposed to be done. And that's all him. That's all his fault. Uh, he got so mad that she caught him. <laughs> <laughs> because you know he he's matured a lot now but he got so mad that she caught him that he was like i'm coming down there and i was like i mean what happened he said i'll talk to you about it later so i get <laughs> home and here he is with all his bags packed and everything at my spot can i stay with you for a little while <clears throat> i'm like fuck you know okay fine you know i had a little room on the side my apartment i had to hold downstairs which had two bedrooms well, they had a bedroom and a den, right? And the den was a whole open space. So that I just played the den as my room. Nobody just came downstairs because they knew mm-hmm. the downstairs was my shit. So he took the little room part, and I stayed in the little open part. And he was so entitled to my time. And we got to a point where my brother was using my car so much and not putting gas in it. <laughs> and, you know, <clears throat> I had to take a stand one day. One day I said... You can't take my car unless you put some gas in it. He said, I'm just going to the store. I said, you just been going to the store for three, four weeks. <laughs> so I need you to put some gas in the car. And he was mad as hell. And his mad, he be the kind of mad where he's self-destructive to himself. Right. <laughs> so he got mad and he walked a mile to the store. <laughs> like that's self-destructive to me. Like I'm mad. I'm finna walk. Show him. <laughs> and so all because all he had to do was put five dollars of gas in the car. <laughs> he decided not to. He was like, I'm gonna walk, I'm gonna show this nigga. Now he walked to the store and he was going to buy some beer. <laughs> he walked to the store, a mile to the store, he got back, and he got all the way home. And you know what? I, I don't know if he looked at it like this, but this is the universe telling him that he was a bitch. <laughs> And I watched this shit happen. When he got back, I was outside on the phone. He was holding the beer by the handle on the cardboard thing. And so right when he hit our step to go in the door, the cardboard handle broke. All the beers he had fell and busted all on the ground. (laughs) He got so mad at me. He blamed me because he the, uh, I'm the reason he had to walk. I guess the resistance on the fucking cardboard was weakened by him taking all them steps. And if he had driven my car, he wouldn't have taken all them steps. And so he blamed me for that shit breaking. And I, if I feel like if he had a pistol in that moment, he would have shot me three times. You know, he was like... He just he, he let out some kind of fucking yelp scream type shit that <laughs> I ain't never heard before, and I was like, this nigga is a level, another level of mad. Like this nigga on some Vegeta shit. 
Like, he was mad, mad. So I was like, you know, I still stood my ground, man. And he was so mad. And I think he did this part on purpose. So, you know, he in that room over there. He left the door open, and I'm in my little open area room. And he called this dude we know named Colleen. He was like, hey, what's up, man? Colleen, you feel like coming to pick me up, man? Just do something, smoke or something? Um, and Colleen was like, yeah, clearly. And he was like, I'll give you $5 in gas money. <laughs> I was like, either that nigga is petty as fuck for that, or that nigga just don't understand irony at all. Oh, Jesus. He was a bitch for that <laughs> on that day. Shit wasn't cool. Was but, bad. but, so, I mean, I didn't put him out at that moment, but when he said, I'm going to California, I was like, good fucking riddance, man. <laughs> I mean, I questioned him, like, why are you going to California? What the fuck is that about? But at the end of the day, it was a good riddance moment. Get the fuck on. I don't need this in my life. I want my room back. Me and my brother got a limited time off a boy. I'm telling you, we we do not have that much time to spend with each other. I mean, we probably could spend a good week together. After a week, shit start getting weird, boy. We start having real random arguments. We start getting irritated about little things the other person doing. We become critical of each other. That shit... Well, and, and I could tell when that shit wear off, like, I got to put so much more energy in not arguing with him. Because I, I try to be the voice of reason. But I put so much energy in not arguing with him. And be like, oh, here we go. We done, we done met our fucking cap. We met our cap of engagement. Because me, me and my brother go back and forth all the time. I think we just... I don't know. That year, like, the year he stayed with me was fine. Because, I mean, we, you seen how we are when we together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we like that all the time. So, it wasn't that. It was just he, in that, at that time of his life, he was just so fucking lazy. And he didn't want to do nothing. He felt like he was entitled to people taking care of him. And it's like, my nigga, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> Absolutely not. So, because he did the same shit when he was with my parents. Like, it was a situation where he would, he wanted to work. He felt like he should be, just be able to chill and do whatever the fuck he wanted to do and then be taken care of. Like, nigga, that don't work for nobody else. Why would you think it worked for you? Um, But, yeah, you. I mean, at some point, you, you kind of have to determine if this is your problem or not. Um... And help in the best way that you can, but also not enable. Finding that line between help being helpful but not enabling. It'd be hard when you got when it's a sibling and you care about them and you've been taking care of them, but you gotta have to know where your boundaries are, even with your siblings, because people. Bro, I'd be so mad if she was like, "I ain't gonna tell you who the daddy is," like- or. <laughs> I don't know who the daddy is. Like, I don't know it's better for me, but worse for you <laughs> because of what it implies. Like, you just you just letting people shoot the club up type situation, <laughs> you know. Or, you know, I'm supposed to know who it may be, and I won't approve of that person. You know, but either way, when, when somebody helping you out, man, you at a 
you're at this psychological place where you need to be more considerate to them. Yeah, you do. Uh, and, and not in no overt way. Like, you ain't got to, you know, like white people been doing, kneel down in the motherfucking feet every morning and be like, thank you. <laughs> For this opportunity that you've granted me, do you do you allow me to continue on my day after my kneel? Like you ain't got to do no shit like that. Like it's just marginally when moments pop up where you got to give that person some consideration, you need to do it. And consideration in my brother's situation, like I just don't recall my brother saying, especially at that time, thank you for letting me stay here. I appreciate it. It was more so like I always got somewhere to go as long as my brother alive. <laughs> and that's like taking that shit for granted to where it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> you can't come here. I'll, I'll help you pay 25% on some rent somewhere or down payment or something, but you can't come here, nigga. <laughs> but anyway. All right. Um, let's get into some relationships yet. Both of these people are 21. Oh, my boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. It's some young shit. (laughs) Uh, My boyfriend's response to me catching him on dating apps is, I do it because I feel like you cheat on me, sir. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I have caught him on Meet Me, Bumble, POF, etc., I paid $600 for a beach vacation to surprise him, and he immediately, on the first day, made dating accounts while I was sleeping. I caught him cash-apping girls for news. Some, I'm sure, scammed him his loss. First, okay. He knows my phone password, so he can check if he can check if he feels insecure. I do all the laundry, cooking, and cleaning, and I have let him live in my college apartment while his parents' house is being redone. I bend my back over for him and do anything for him out of love. I post him on my social media, but he would not do the same. Last year, he posted me on his Snapchat story in March, never on Facebook or Instagram. His family adores me and tells me that I care more about them than their own son does. We have been planning to move into our own place when I graduate college next spring. He works full-time and is planning on going back to school. After I confronted him, he said, I feel like you're cheating on me. That's why it's a fail-safe. This has to be a lie, the clownery. What is your opinion on this response? Uh, she also added in, my boyfriend has cheated on me twice and says it's because he thinks I'm cheating on him. Mind you, he never speaks up to tell me he feels this way. What is your opinion on this excuse? Girl. Girl, this is gaslighting at its finest. What the fuck? <laughs> you, <laughs> you are on data sites because you feel like I'm cheating on you. So... <laughs> and that's your fail safe girl if you don't get the fuck away from this whack ass dude like <laughs> she is not smart what she you're doing all smart. of this you're, oh, you're so cold and it's very possible that she is smart in terms of intelligent yes but not emotionally intelligent yes like she just don't make no sense <laughs> no. to me None at all. Like, why in the fuck would you... <laughs> I don't understand why the fuck you would let this shit go on like this. And he's cheated on um, Because he said he felt like you was cheating on him. Like, girl, what? 
And you trying, like, the gaslighting is working because instead of you being like, nigga, that's some bullshit, I'm going to break up with you. You're like, well, let me prove to him that I'm not cheating and let me be the best girlfriend ever so that he won't feel insecure and let me give him my password to my phone and let me post him all over my social media even though he doesn't post me at all. Like, girl, <laughs> what you doing? No, no, ma'am. Mm-mm. No, ma'am. You need to break this up with him. Pro- this Quick. is preposterous. It's, pro- it's so bad. It's so bad. Who, girl. I mean, she doesn't even need to break up with him. She need to just stab him in the stomach. Well, let's not let's not encourage attempted murder. <clears throat> she oh. need to stab him in the leg. <laughs> let's not encourage assault. <laughs> it's going to be a charge either way if she stab him. I mean, you can downgrade it a little bit where it ain't, you know, you ain't not going to get as much time. But she just need to, like... <sighs> He does this because he knows that she should can. get a taser. She should tase him in the nuts and say she didn't do it. I can't <laughs> prove it. <laughs> Can you prove it? If he could prove it, he wouldn't. He ain't gonna show no other police officers balls. Look at my balls. Hey, officers. Sir. Exactly. We need evidence, sir. We're gonna have to put this on trial. <laughs> We're gonna have to have a picture of your balls on the stands with the burn marks on them. And that's what we're going to have to do in order to prove her guilt. He's going to be like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Okay, well, tase him in the nuts, sis. But after you decide to leave him because your kids ain't going to come out right. <laughs> that's not how it works. But <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, you listen. He does this because he can. He does this because he knows. And, and people like him find people like her. You know what I'm saying? Like dudes like that, yeah. ass, like they are very good at picking women who are going to allow that type of bullshit. So yeah, she may be highly intelligent as it comes to like academic shit, but um, her, her emotional IQ is low as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish a nigga would. First of all, I don't really give a fuck about all that social media stuff. So, like, I ain't posting. I barely post on my social media myself. So, like, I don't really care about, you know, I don't feel a need for you to put me all over your social media and all this shit. But you on dating apps and shit, nigga? Talking about it's a fail safe? Okay. You about to fail real bad today. What fuck is you talking about? <laughs> what? Yeah. And he's sending money and, for news and shit. Like, you just, it's too much. Ugh, it's just too much. And, and look, she has the audacity to say, um, well, he got scammed by some of those women. Hmm, like, well, that's supposed to be your redeeming, that's a redeeming moment for you? <laughs> what wrong with you? <laughs> How, what? Did that make you feel better? That he got scammed? Tricking out here? Shit, and it might have been her money. Just the way this sound. It may not have even been his loss. It may be her loss. <laughs> money. You paying six hundred dollars for y'all to go away down to the beach and shit. So she might be caking on this nigga. I don't know. That is your man, woman. Okay. <laughs> he should not be interested in other women. If he is interested in other women, he shouldn't act on that interest. You know, I'm not going to pretend like we are not human and we don't look at people and find them attractive and things of that nature. But 
you don't act on that attraction when you have committed yourself into a relationship. It don't matter if you're paranoid about a person potentially cheating on you. What that yep. means is that you got to trust your partner until you get evidence yep. to, to the contrary and you can make an informed decision about that. Then that person don't get a, an allowance to bullshit you because they think you finna do some fucked up shit. Yep. And I just don't know what kind of upbringing you have where this don't seem like this ain't common knowledge. I well, don't know what kind of friends you got in your life where <laughs> you ain't never experienced your friends having pro these problems in their relationships. And for you to be able to see that, oh, I know that shit ain't good because my such and such friend went through it. Yeah. Um, I mean, she had to grow up in a home that was really isolated, didn't talk to each other, or that she had parents that had um destructive relationships and she don't have no friends and she don't watch no tv or movies all she do is read books like literally every teenage type movie that's out here every single goddamn one of them that they should be that should be the the case the experience I girl just and when you when you leave him you need to take some time to really evaluate this relationship and where shit went wrong where the mistakes were made before you get into anything else because otherwise you're gonna just find another nigga like him mm -hmm. you need to really figure out what how this happened <laughs> and not like as far as what did I do for him to do this shit no how did I allow this why did I allow this why was the way that he made me feel in the bad moments not enough to for me to be like, oh, shit, no, this is some fuck shit. Like, you really need to evaluate your position in this relationship before you get with somebody else. Or you're just going to keep doing the same shit. You're going to be the same nigga in a different body. And that's, that's sad. That's some sad shit. Yeah, don't do that. Um... I'm gonna let, okay, so I'm gonna do both of these. So I'm gonna let you pick which one we go first. So either it's a mental health one or a parenting one. Mental health. Say parenting for last. This shit is weird. Um, and I don't even know. Okay, I'm gonna just it's it's weird. So this is uh they're both 22. They're young, but this is still even for them being young. It's fucking weird. My girlfriend still plays with dolls and spends most of our income on clothes and baby items. <laughs> My girlfriend and I are both 22 and have a fantastic relationship, and we both love each other a lot. We don't have any kids, and we've been living together since January. I'll be changing some minor details about this story for obvious reasons. So my girlfriend has kept all her baby dolls from when she was younger, along with the toy prams. They must be English. We don't say prams. We say... Um, it's the scroll, uh, stroller, stroller. We say stroller. They say pram. So they must be from the UK. Um, along with toy prams, carriers, etc. She plays with them almost every day for about two hours, which I think is absolutely fine. I see it as a hobby, and that's about as far as it goes for me. I never want her to feel like a weirdo because she still enjoys dolls and has a vivid imagination. When she moved in with me in January, the dolls and all their clothes and accessories moved in too. That girlfriend doesn't live with the parents anymore and lives in the city. She goes out shopping for the dolls pretty much every day. Whenever she isn't working, she's shopping for baby items for the dolls. 
I don't want to discourage what she enjoys, but at the same time, I wonder if this is beginning to develop into an addiction. She doesn't ever buy new clothes for herself. Whenever she does clothes shop, goes clothes shopping, she does she goes to the baby section. If we're food shopping, she has to look at the nappies, diapers, dummies, pacifiers. Again, they gotta be in the UK, etc. As you can imagine, this ends up with a large amount of our income being spent on these things. But if it isn't that she but it isn't that she buys expensive items. She just has to buy something every time. She says it's one of the, the only things that makes her forget everything and feel completely happy. Whenever I mention how much she buys, she goes into a shell and says how ashamed she is of her hobby. Does anyone have any recommendations on how I can still encourage her hobby, but encourage her to spend money on herself instead of just solely on the doll each time? A bit of extra info. A few people are getting the misinterpretation that this is all my girlfriend does. We have a normal relationship. I don't find her hobby weird, and it doesn't have any sexual connections. She's still training to be a children's nurse. She does just genuinely love children, and she looks forward to the day when we can have one. I like, I just like to see her buying clothing for herself more often and not feel like she has to buy so much for the dolls, as I feel it is bordering on addiction. I should also... I also should have included this in the original post, as many people have mentioned it, but yes, she was physically and verbally abused as a child. She also suffers from depression and OCD. She is yet to seek therapy. Man. <laughs> oh, Lord. I guess his biggest mistake is interpreting that shit as a hobby. Yeah. And trying to <laughs> encourage her to enjoy the things you enjoy. I mean, everything ain't on that level. <laughs> I mean, she clearly has some strange attachment to these dolls. Um, How do you buy? You buy, okay? So, cause, and I haven't played with dolls since I was a child. Okay, so this this part confused me. When I was a kid and had dolls, you bought doll clothes because the dolls were smaller than like. A real baby, I guess. So, like, so do people buy like real baby clothes for dolls? Is that a thing? I mean, I guess it's a thing because she's doing it, and she buying pacifiers and shit like it's a doll. Well, you're saying doll probably in the Barbie doll sense, but they might. She probably he probably talking about them dolls that are the size of like little babies and kids. Yeah, but like maybe they're the realistic one because even like the little. I mean. For him to say, for him to say, when she moved in, the dolls moved in with me, I feel like that means they're of substantial size. Okay. I feel like they're of substantial enough size to feel like they have a space. Like, I don't feel like it's Barbie type doll type situation. I think it's like she probably got something big enough to actually buy clothes for. But past, like... So, like, they, again, because I, I have very limited knowledge on, on baby dolls. I, I'm only going from when I was a kid, and this, this was in the, the 80s. <laughs> so, but um, 80s, early 90s. What dolls mouth? You can't even put a pacifier. Like, now, when I was a kid, they had, like, the doll. They start making them dolls where, like, they put a hole in the mouth, and you could put the pacifier in there, and it would have, like, the little motion like it was sucking the pacifier. But most dolls that you buy, you can't put no fucking pacifier in their mouth. You buying, she buying diapers, like real diapers. 
<laughs> you can get custom dolls on Etsy. Like, it's so many places you can get dolls from where people make dolls for people that are creepy as shit. <laughs> I mean, that they have that. <laughs> so I wouldn't put that much stock in trying to find out or, or put or find out what kind of doll this is. She done found the motherfuckers. <laughs> she found them dolls. <laughs> and it's weird. It's very weird. Like you know. And I know he's trying to be a supportive boyfriend by saying, Oh, it's a hobby and it doesn't bother me. First of all, it does bother you <laughs> because you're writing it on Reddit. So you're not as okay with it as you continuously keep trying to say that you are. And you shouldn't be okay with it. Like it's this is problematic, especially with her having an abuse history, especially with her already having OCD and other mental health issues that you are saying are unchecked. She's not getting therapy for it. She's not, she, instead of getting therapy, she pouring all of this shit into the dolls. It's problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, she needs some help and it's not help that you can give her. Cause he's like, how can I encourage her? To, like you can't, this is something that she needs some professional help for. Yeah. Um, Especially when you try to talk to her about it and she says she's ashamed of it and she feels bad. Like, even so, on a level, she knows that it's not quite normal, too. Um, So, that's definitely some shit that she needs to seek some professional help for. Um, And I mean, a large part of it could be the OCD that that could just be. the avenue that her OCD take, because you know people have, they get obsessive about different things when they have OCD, and maybe hers is this doll shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but nigga, no, ain't nothing you can do. You you can you can help her find somebody to talk to <laughs> professionally. That's what you can do. Um, yeah, get that woman some help. God yeah. damn it, take her to counseling. Yeah. Uh, a sexual abuse counselor specifically. Don't just shoot in the dark. She need a goddamn childhood trauma therapist. She does. Uh, if she white, if she white, maybe some EMDR. You know, EMDR don't work for black folks like it do for white folks. Yeah. Yeah. Have you re- have you heard of that? Yeah, EMDR. Or no, that I, have I heard it, that it is not as effective? Yes, I have. Yeah. Heard. Yeah. Um, uh, it's that's why cultural movement, go ahead our movement desensitization and reprocessing for those of y'all that want to know oh, what yeah. EMDR is but um, it basically makes you kind of like re reprocess and sit in your trauma mm-hmm. um, the problem is for white people the trauma that white people have is exclusive to just the experiences they had in in the black community, we got a lot of cultural trauma that sit on top of whatever other traumas we went through. So making somebody sit in the middle of their trauma that they're actively also going through in society, it's not a recipe for a solution. It's a recipe for disaster. So don't work as well for black people. What would you finish say about cultural awareness? Oh, that's why just in general, cultural awareness is, is really important. And for anybody that List this listen that is going to seek out therapy. Make sure that you you take that into consideration because that does make a difference. Um, there are some things that culturally make us um, respond to things differently, or even the same situation. You can have five people who have gone through the exact same trauma, who will look at that trauma differently um, 
because of their cultural background. So you need to make sure that you you find a therapist that understands the culture that you come from. Because that has to be a, an integral part of it in order for it to be effective. Mm-hmm. So, like, you just have to make sure that that, you know, the therapist that you choose and is aware of that and has, you know, some familiarity with whatever your culture is. Because the culture make a big-ass difference. Culture make a big difference. If you got somebody of Hispanic origin, machismo, you know, you got to have an understanding of that going into a situation where you, like, it's just, you have to be aware. Um, so that's just for anybody who may be looking to get some therapy. Just make sure that that therapist can take that into consideration because it, it don't do you no good if they don't. Yeah. True story. Um, let's see. Do you have one that's going to make me rant? If so, I'll wait. I'll just let you <clears throat> have it. Maybe. Okay, let me do the parenting one and then we'll... <laughs> you know what? I, I Actually, I'm, it's going to be a surprise to you and me because I haven't read it. Oh, okay. I'm just going to go on by the topic and let you choose them, so I don't know. Okay. Um, Let you choose one. Let me just do this first. You don't want to do the parenting one? one? Not yet. Yeah, let's do that last. Okay. Let me just do this one first. Uh, My boyfriend has conversations in the middle of the night. It's freaking me out. What am I supposed to do? Am I the asshole for telling my wife to cut off her disrespectful best friend? And my husband is in love with his sister who is living with us in quarantine. You know we gotta do the last one. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Excuse me? He's what? The other two seem like they would be fairly regular. I gotta pick the last one. I gotta pick the odd one. All right, Let's do this one. Oh, Jesus. This is a longer one, too. Of course but it I'm is. It's got to be. With that kind of shit. All right. Yeah, you read the title, right? Well, my husband of four years have been in love with his sister for most of his life. I found out about a year before we got married. He sat down with me and told me it was obviously really hard to hear, and a lot of things started to make sense. Look. I won't sugarcoat it. I know it's weird as hell and incestuous, but I love him more than anything, and he trusted me and was close enough for me to tell me. It was clearly really hard for him to talk about um, it with me, and I can't imagine how awkward. The weirdness of it was the easiest thing to deal with about the whole situation, and in the beginning, it was honestly fine. I had tons of questions, and he had tons of answers. I thought a lot of I thought a lot back to family situations or any time I've been around her. They aren't weird. It's just obvious now. I guess he pays a lot of attention to her. Anytime she says something and asks him to do it, he will. Also, I don't want to get too personal on here or Reddit posts, but I obviously asked about their history. They never did anything explicitly sexual, but they used to cuddle every night, hold hands, and I guess just talk a lot. But whatever, we dealt, we dealt, and I'm very glad he can be open and honest with me. Transparency is everything to me uh, in a relationship. And for years, we've been happily married, and he's visited plenty, and everything has been fine. And things have been great until this February. Because of COVID-19, his sister lost her job and was going to move in with her parents, but they both do not get along with their mother, and she was dreading moving back. My husband consulted me first, but I knew his mind was made up. He wanted to invite her to live here during quarantine until she got back on her feet. I know their history, and I feel it'd be cruel to say no, and if he didn't have the feelings for her, I wouldn't hesitate to offer. So, of course, I said yes. 
she was elated and when he offered and she was so thankful to the both of us and it was nice at first when she was here we spent time all together like watching movies and stuff and we all did enjoy it a lot he spent a lot of time looking at her and i knew she knew and i felt she liked it it felt like every night he starts sitting next to me and somehow by the end he was sitting next to her he did his best to include me in conversations and talk to me but quickly i felt like the third wheel they are just so close and i feel like they have just so much chemistry so she's been living here for six months now me and her get along quite well and we like spending time with each other my husband has been really affectionate with me more than ever which i'm happy about most importantly he's been emotionally supportive but it's like once the two of them are together it's like magnets and they're on the their own happy little world um I don't know what to do. It hurts me to see my husband love someone so much and so affectionately. It will never and can never be her. I will never be her. He addresses my concerns and makes me feel better, but it's only temporary. He assures me nothing could or ever or would happen because she's her, her sister and nothing could happen. I'm not scared something is going to happen, but it do hurts me to see him love someone else. I don't know what to do. We can't kick her out, and he can't just suddenly stop being close to her. Too long didn't read. My husband and me, he's in love with his sister years later due to the global camp pandemic the sister loses her job and have to move in with us it's been six months and the emotional intimacy between the two is destroying me slowly oh jesus um first of all is there i know freud had uh oedipus for for men and an lecture for women when it was with a parent is there something sibling i don't think there's a thing no nah, i don't think i don't i mean freud got a whole bunch of deep components it wouldn't surprise me if there was but i don't know about it if it is it's not popular um and for those who the oedipus he had oedipus complex in a lecture and basically if you don't know the story of oedipus oedipus um it's a is it greek i think it's a greek story where he um he he was prophesied that he was going to fall in love with his mother, kill his father, and marry his mother. And so they did all of this shit to kind of avoid that from fucking happening, and then that shit happened anyway, in a real fucked up way. Um, <laughs> and Electra fell in love with her dad. So, um, I, you know, ooh, this is so bad. Um, that... <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> it's so bad. How is he this deeply in love with his sister? Um. Oh, that's. I don't know. I'm gonna let you go first because I, I'm trying to gather my thoughts. <laughs> so, uh, Sigma Freud. So there's something called the Westermark effect, also known as reverse sexual imprinting which is a psychological hypothesis that people who live in close domestic proximity during the first few years of their lives becomes desensitized to sexual attraction, which makes sense to me because no, not siblings don't desire to have sex with each other. No. <laughs> so that part of it makes sense. Freud argued that as children, members of the same family naturally lust for one another making it necessary for societies to create incest taboos. So Sigmund Freud is essentially saying that the reason that siblings don't have sex with each other is because society said it's a bad thing, oh, not because they don't have the natural urges to have sex with them. Just, that's, uh, ah, that's crazy. But Sigmund Freud is, was a weird motherfucker. Like, if y'all didn't know, I know y'all hear about Sigmund Freud as the father of psychology and 
he definitely was the father of the theoretical framework of how potent and important the mind is and yeah. history and past is in determining your your current life experiences and your problems. But he was kooky as hell. Yeah. As far as all of that extra shit go. And like, <laughs> like the sexual components of, of his theories is some wild shit. <laughs> and like you gotta you gotta I don't know, Floyd Floyd was a, a crazy ass motherfucker, but um so I'm gonna address the the relationship first. Um I feel like there was one part in it from the therapist's point of view makes it feel like their sibling relationship was bred from whatever they hate, whatever their mama was doing to them that made them hate their mama. I feel like this this relationship is bred from trauma, you know, number one. Um, it's real hard to believe that they ain't done nothing sexual. Yeah. <laughs> it's real hard to believe that. You know, given that they are that close and the only thing that consummate a relationship that that's close is sex. Like it would take some kind of because they're already breaking social dynamics by having this kind of sibling love relationship. You mean to tell me that it will stop at sex? Like, oh, we're siblings, (laughs) you know, but (laughs) y'all hug, y'all cuddle, y'all hold hands, y'all sit next to each other all the time. That that's a problem. So then I'm going to address the, well, I'm going to address the relationship in another way. Uh, A part of me feels like even if they weren't seemingly romantically close, just being close in general seems like it would make the wife uncomfortable anyway. Because it sounds like her biggest issue is being the third wheel. And you always a mate always gonna feel like the third like if like if, when you dating somebody and you you they you and your brother go out with them at some point it won't feel the same because y'all talk shit about each other the whole time <laughs> but the moments where y'all are close because in the, in the middle of all y'all shit talking y'all have close moments too yeah like. The last time I was with y'all together, y'all was playing Super Mario on Wii, maybe. Yeah. You know, that was a moment where y'all collaborated. I could see that being a moment where somebody feel left out. It'd be like, well, I want to play Mario, too. <laughs> you think it's playing Mario and having fun and shit and being sibling-y. And I don't even, I ain't even know you like Mario. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so... There's moments where I think that can happen, but like, well, imagine y'all's relationship being one where y'all had that moment constantly without the, without any romantic part and how a partner could feel being left out of a situation like that. Yeah, so, I think a large part, the fact that he set her down at the beginning of their relationship and said, I'm in love with my sister. I mean, I think had that not happened, on a level she might have been feeling a little but it wouldn't be to the level that it is I think his the fact that he set her down and was like look just want you to know I'm in love with my sister like love love like <laughs> it's fucking I don't know that we would have been together after that I'm sorry that's mm, mm, that's a lot <laughs> like the fact that he felt the need to tell her that 
because he could have not said anything and then it would have just been like okay they closed you know um they they had a common enemy in their mom like it would have just been regular but he he felt a need to point out i'm in love with her i mean i've been in love with her since we were kids <laughs> we were kids shit no. he understand himself enough to know that if my sister come around my wife she gonna know some shit is up <sighs> She is going to feel that energy, and I don't need that to be the case. <sighs> Man. <laughs> I mean, it's... I mean, that's... It's just what it is. It's too much. Like, I just... And listen, you know, me and my brother do talk shit about each other, but that's my nigga at the end of the day. I will fuck somebody up over him. Um... But I just, this is, oh, this is such, just so icky. I just, <laughs> and we, again, grew up in a very dysfunctional household and we both had common enemies and both of our parents, you know, at different points. But just no, at no point. <laughs> oh my God, no. Uh, um, And I don't even know what the wife can do about it at this point, like. Wait, to get, be ready for COVID to be over so she can get her goddamn job back. <laughs> yeah. That's all she can do. That shit is so fucking... <sighs> Super weird. Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> just gave me the heebie-jeebies. It's just weird. Um... <laughs> I don't have anything. I'm just so weirded out. <laughs> oh, bad. I wouldn't have married him, to be honest. Like, that's levels of no, no. Like again, and and the fact that you felt the need to let me know this lets me know that this is some real shit. Like. <laughs> Couldn't do it. I, I'm not her. I wouldn't have been able to be her. Of course not. It's <laughs> fucking weird, man. Ooh, people in their lives. You know, I feel like, you know, a part of this conversation is just more of putting uh, your life in the perspective. When you hear this story, just know that there's people out there dealing with some shit shit. <laughs> like, if you're dealing with debt, <laughs> okay, debt is fuckery, but it ain't no shit like these Reddit posts. <laughs> um, these Reddit posts got implications for your life. And, and it's like, is blissful ignorance better than you know, being aware of your circumstances? Like, this woman who's living this really unproblematic to anybody else life of going and buy fucking dolls for people her whole life. <laughs> I mean, she could just keep doing that shit and just be living in a blissful ignorance. But we finna pick her up and take her to counseling and be like, you do this shit because you got fucked up childhood issues. <laughs> and now she's looking at her dolls and crying and she just crying like... It's like, how much does the blissful ignorance weigh for the person who is experiencing it 
versus our need to get them some help for some shit like that. Well, I think with anything. So, like, you know how with um with the alternate, you know, lifestyle choices, um, that is not a problem unless it's creating problems for you. Like being a, a sadist in and of itself is not problematic unless it is causing you to do some fuck shit and some illegal shit, right? Otherwise, it's not necessarily something problematic. Um, I think once whatever you got going on is is creating issues in your life, then that's when the blissful ignorance needs to turn into some awareness. Like, if she's spending all her money buying doll shit and, and she's not taking care of herself um, in the way that she needs to be taking care of herself, I think at that point you can't let her be blissfully ignorant no more because it's having a negative impact on her life. I think once it starts to negatively impact you, then you need some awareness. Because, like, I mean, if she just had the dolls and it was, like, she wasn't buying all of this shit and she still played with them for two hours a day, that's still a lot of fucking time to play with dolls, but whatever. Um, I don't. I think that'd be fine, but she's spending all her money on this shit. It's like an obsession, so I don't know. I think when it's a problem, then you need some awareness that this is what's creating a problem. Yeah. yeah, I think that's I got how that you. goes. So, like, otherwise, then it is what it is. If you want to be a sadist, and you can find a masochist that wanna that wanna have pain inflicted upon them, and all of that shit is consensual, not a problem. But if you're a sadist that's going out here abducting people and holding them against their will and shit, and getting entertainment out of make, creating pain, then that's problematic, and you need some help. <laughs> it just depends. <laughs> It just—it's ridiculous, man. I'm, but anyway, uh, yeah, just—I don't want to say confront your husband about this, but you probably should start letting them know that you struggling with it a little bit. That it's uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, yeah, like it's uncomfortable seeing it like this, and yada yada, blah blah blah. But this one of them situations where it ain't causing nobody no harm for real. It still ain't causing her no harm. So it's like, is this a situation where you're like, hey, your blissful ignorance of the social standards of siblings and how uncomfortable it may make a partner is something that I, I'm not comfortable with. But and so y'all need to go to counseling for that shit because y'all fucked up, <laughs> you know, or is it like. That let them continue not being because I can guarantee you when she get a man in her life, oh that gonna, shit ain't oh, gonna man. fly. Hell no, it ain't gonna fly. <laughs> that shit ain't gonna fly. Whew. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> that's just so. Oh God, I, uh, it's not problematic for the siblings, but it's problematic for the wife. So like. Again, for me, I wouldn't have never married him. Like, if he told me that shit before we got married, I'm not, it's too much. That's not something I'm trying to deal with. Like, that's fucking weird. And no. <laughs> Just no, I'm nah, sorry. Nah, bro. Can't do it. Can't do it. <clears throat> the parenting one is, um, you know, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, this is a 19-year-old female. 
and her parents are in their 40s. Uh, my parents are mad at me for asking to delete tracking app on my phone. Um, I've had a tracking app on my phone since I got my first smartphone when I was 13. Always, uh, always they use the excuse that there's no harm in having it. You shouldn't have anything to hide anyway. This massively affected me growing up since I missed out on going out with friends as they wouldn't let me go. And I couldn't lie because they could see where I was. And therefore, I struggled to keep friends. Now that I'm 19... And about to go into my second year at uni, I asked if I could delete it and have a bit more privacy. I got the same answer that I should I shouldn't have anything to hide from them, so there's no harm in having it. I don't want to go and do bad stuff and hide it from them. I just want a bit of privacy and not get a phone call every time I leave the house asking why I was at this place or why I was one minute late to a lecture or why I walked the dogs for exactly 52 minutes and not an hour. I've never done anything uh, to doubt their trust since I had an app on my phone from 13. I also rather not go through the effort of faking my location since the whole thing is just an invasion of my privacy. And this is like parents, man. Who <laughs> oh, Lord, it's a lot. Um, that's it? Yeah, that's it. I don't believe in those monitoring apps. No. Uh... I mean, these monitoring apps then came up within the last five years, and society been doing fine without that shit. I mean, substance use among kids ain't gone down for that shit. Pregnancy rates ain't gone down. I mean, they've gone down, but it ain't because of them pregnancy apps. It's really, be- I mean, monitoring apps. It's really because of uh, kids' access to sexual education. Since we haven't, when we weren't giving it to them in schools, they didn't have the education, especially in the South. Yeah. So. It's going up because they have access to it in other means and other places. But I don't believe in those monitoring apps uh, because just like this moment, it gives the illusion that you're you never trust your child. Yeah. You know, and and furthermore, it gives you false security. It does. Because uh, I know kids, the kids will tell me I had a kid tell me a whole story about they he talked about spending the night at one of his friends houses and left the phone in his uh friend mailbox <laughs> all night like and they was out doing fucking hood rat shit you know in the woods <laughs> with girls you know and so i mean they they fucking ran and got caught because of his dumb ass friend keeping his phone on him <laughs> you know but uh but it's, it's ways around that you don't need that false security you need to build a child that you trust and that is trustworthy and that at times is going to branch out to do shit that's secretive but they're going to feel bad about it because you trust them and they shouldn't have done it and they're going to do it sparingly because of that if you don't catch them that's what you need to be focusing on with your child you don't need to be focusing on having a system where they they're monitored constantly and if you do have that system What's the point of doing all that monitoring when you walking the dog and all? Like, why are you even pointing it out? Like, it's so much shit that you can monitor a motherfucker doing that makes so little of a difference. All it does is point out your own insecurities. Yeah. You know, how much faith do you have in your parenting system? That's number one. Number two, if you got a badass child, monitoring them ain't going to do shit no way. They're going to do what the fuck they want to do. And it's going to be because you didn't put in the work parenting earlier. You know, you thought you could just get a fucking app to monitor their ass and that you was going to be able to keep them from doing shit. You can't. All you're going to do is be a witness to it. <laughs> um, so, I agree. 
the only time the only the only thing that I could see being beneficial from one of those apps is that it's something your kid gets snatched up. Right. You you have a little bit of a an idea of where they went, where they might have gone. But when you're using and that's just like when you're using it for that purpose, you have it on the phone, but you're not checking it, right? Her parents checking it all the time and why you was late to your class and shit like that kind of shit. No, you know, the thing is, and I, you know, I, I tell parents this, your job as a parent is to give your tool, your kid the tool to succeed, right? The use of those tools is on them and you have to be confident enough in the child that you raised and the tools that you gave them to allow them to use it. And if they don't, you know, that's them life lessons. <laughs> but all you do when you do this kind of shit is encourage dishonesty. Because then it's like, well, they don't trust me anyway. So you're going to have kids leaving phones in mailboxes. <laughs> like, they still going to do the shit. They just going to have to, you just make them be better at doing hood rat shit with their friends. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no reason... Uh, for doing that. Like I said, having the app on or having that on in general, just to have it in case something happens. So you, you know, um, that's different. I could see that. Um, but checking it all the time. And I got a coworker who she got this shit up, her nieces and she do this shit with them all the time. We'll be at work and she'll call them and be like, why you, why you at such and such? Like what? Like <laughs> you, it's too much. Um, you you have to be secure in that you've provided your children. And is she 19? She a sophomore in college and you doing this shit to her. Like, no. No. Mm. <clears throat> it's too much. Yeah. And monitoring it, it doesn't, I mean, again, by the time you realize, she already there, right? Like, if, if you try to monitor her to keep her from fucking her boyfriend, by the time you look and see she at the boyfriend house, it's too late anyway. <laughs> what you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Nothing you can do about that. She over there. She's stupid. You have to have a level of trust in your kid. Now, you got a kid who's violated trust and shit, you know. Even monitoring them at, at that point ain't really gonna do anything, but that would make more sense. But you just, she ain't did shit. And y'all just feel the need to just monitor her every move all the time. And who got time for that? Who got time to be sitting on their phone all the time and seeing where... The, what, I ain't finna be doing that. It's too much. It's too much. You have yeah. to trust in your parenting. And if you if you got questions about your parenting, then you need to work on that shit. But that ain't the kid's problem. That's a you problem, not a them problem. Yeah. Oh. And uh, and so her, this, I would say if you got a job, I would just I get my own phone. They can have that shit. Yeah, because at nineteen you can get a phone. It won't be that expensive, depending on what kind. Of, I would just get my own phone and let them have that shit back. That's the best move. And I just be done with it. Like, okay, y'all can hang your little tracking device. I I got a new phone. <laughs> And no, I'm not putting that app on this phone. <laughs> and I pay the bills, so it's like, you can't say shit. Why don't you have your phone with you? <laughs> Why is your phone always at home now? Bitch, because y'all was tripping. <laughs> Leave me alone. It's too much. 
It's just too much. You gotta you gotta be able to trust your kid, man. You gotta again, you you're supposed to be giving them the tools that they need to to be able to be productive citizens. How are you gonna know if they're able to use it if you always there to do the shit for them? Never. Like, they won't. They won't. They won't. I give I give the example with parents of uh if you think about those parents who put their kids in um football pads and elbow pads and knee pads and all kind of stuff to go to the park so that they don't get hurt. Uh but the thing is when that kid falls because they know they protected, they don't have to learn how to catch themselves and learn mm. how to tuck and roll and all those things. And so when your child does not have the, that gear on, then when they fall, they're not going to have the tools they need to avoid getting hurt. They're going to fall, scrape their knees. If I fall right now, I know how I need to stick my arm out to catch myself on the ground if I want to catch myself. Or if, I mean, I'm, I'm a heavy guy. If I feel like that's going to hurt my arm to fall and catch myself like that, then I know how to tuck and roll. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I know if I get ready to fall, I know that I need to protect my head if my head is about to hit something. Yeah. Like, I have these strategies because when I was a kid, I fought like a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have no protection. And in order to not get hurt, I had to employ these strategies. And you're not so. going to be there as a parent all the time to ensure that they have all of these protections on them. You know what I'm saying? Like, once you send them out into the world, they need to have this shit. You need to be sure that they are, they know how to catch themselves already, because you ain't going to be there to, to pad them up every time they leave at the door. <laughs> you know, your um, goal is to have somebody that you can send out into the world and that could be productive. But mm-hmm. you handicapping them by doing everything for them. It's just that. It's a handicap. Yeah, don't help at all. Mm-mm. So, um, I mean, I have another one. It's the more gaslighting shit, or we could just move on. Uh, let's move on. All right. If you have a question you would like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationcallartist at gmail.com. <clears throat> or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Call Artists, and send it to us that way. Yep. I got some viral posts. Cool. I'm going to end it with the ones I like the most. Uh, if we fuck around and survive COVID-19, we deserve to be in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Bible is a done deal. I don't think we're going to get in there. It's kind of over. I guess if they did a part two... <laughs> But the, the original Bible is done. <laughs> it's a done deal. I mean, the Bible stopped so short of a whole bunch of more history. It did. You know, <laughs> like, who telling the rest of the story, goddamn? <laughs> Why God ain't influenced nobody else for fucking part two? <laughs> Fuck that. What, why, ain't, why that shit ain't going on? I don't know. Um... The Tiger King era of quarantine seems like it was years ago. It does seem like that was a long time ago, and it really wasn't. It wasn't a long time ago. That shit was, was still during the fucking quarantine we got going was, on. It was, but it just... Because so much shit... 2020, it just feels like the longest year ever. Like, at this point... Red froze. 
It hasn't done this in a long time. I think there's so much shit happening. Red, you're freezing. You were freezing. Oh, um, am I? Is it is it good now? You're fine now. Yeah, you're okay. starting to talk about 2020. Oh, I was saying 2020. This felt like five years at this point. So it's just been so much shit that you can't keep up. So, so that's why Tiger King. Between that now and when Tiger King happened, it's been so much shit. <laughs> it's been protests and it's been all kind of shit. So. It does seem so far away because it kind of was in the in the big scheme of things. There's too much shit going on. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, I got this one as a question. Okay. And I'm gonna talk about some of the uh, responses that people got. What did God run out of when He was creating you? <laughs> uh. The first one says curves of any kind. Oh. <laughs> Balance and coordination. Oh. <laughs> she said cup space. Cup uh, space. He said patience. Logic. Damn. Height and patience. Emotions. Oh, that's that's me there. <laughs> <laughs> Hair and chill. That's me. Oh. <laughs> Rhythm. A filter. Filter and tact. Filter and yeah. tact, I feel like, is me. Yeah. Emotions, hair, and chill. That shit. I don't got none of that shit. I am chill, but I ain't got none. <laughs> I would say, yeah. Tact. Uh, probably some patience. Filter. Sometimes emotions. Like, I'm learning a lot about myself and just dating and what I'm looking for. And it's, you know. I uh, got some def some deficits. <laughs> yeah, I definitely yeah. got some deficits. We all do. So yeah. Um. Next one. If Terry Crews fought the white dude that grabbed his coochie the way he's fighting black folks, he wouldn't be in this situation right now. <laughs> Listen, y'all. Terry Crews. Terry Crews officially, I'm done with that nigga officially. Oh, like, he... I don't want to hear his name. I don't want nothing. I don't want him to even come around and change his shit. I just want him to be the enemy forever now on black issues. And nobody, like, nobody asked him. He did this all to himself. Like, this was not a situation. You know how sometimes people get in interviews and the interviewer asks shit in a way or you know, they cut the cut and paste the interview together in a way it make you look like you said some fuck shit. This ain't that. This nigga voluntarily out here saying fuck shit. Nobody asked him for it. And and is doubling down on it. Doubling down. And I just don't understand. Is, he just will not stop. It's terrible. He, I'm done with him. Fuck yeah, him. It's too much. I'm moving on. Jesus. Um, clearly, clearly, a, 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 a ignorant white person posted this shit. Oh fuck! Can we still order black coffee or brownies being taken off the shelf? Is White Castle changing its name? I'm sure Cracker Barrel is screwed. Can we still play Chinese checkers? 
Is it still calling Indian burn? No more Italian sausages. How far do you want to go with this foolishness? First the question all, ain't how far to go with this foolishness. The question is, why don't you realize that there's some shit that a lot of the shit that that uh, people are asking for change for shit that never should have been offered available at the beginning anyway. <sighs> like, why don't you realize that? <laughs> I mean, all of this stuff is trivial that she's talking about, like black coffee. I mean, come the fuck on, you know. But the things that brown people are asking white people to take into consideration is like, like the Washington Redskins. Yeah. I mean, do it really hurt you? I mean, all you've done is call this team a thing for the whole for your whole life. And because you still want to be comfortable in calling it that, you're willing for this whole other culture to be thrown under the bus. And and another part of it is like white people are so oblivious that it's like they they are like y'all are manufacturing new problems today instead of being like, oh, They've been keeping this shit inside. <laughs> I didn't realize it was always a problem, and now they're expressing the problem because we are the point of society where their voices can be heard. We're not muffling them down these days. You know, like over the course of history before social media and easier ways to communicate and send our voices out, everything was controlled by radio, um, TV, media, the music industry. So any message we didn't want to get out couldn't get out. And now that society has changed and anybody can get their message out, motherfuckers are unifying. Oh man, I, I see it. I don't understand why they why they ain't seeing that. And most of the stuff that, that person named, that is the black coffee is black coffee. Chinese checkers is called Chinese checkers, but like it's <laughs> like that's, when white people try to make points, like and try to and try to be snarky, it usually just end up making them look foolish. And you just be like, "Really, Chad? Really, Chad? Go sit down somewhere. Take a seat, Chad. Take a seat and go have some black coffee with your bitch ass. Definitely, definitely do that. Definitely." Uh, next, I put on a mask and literally within seconds, I'm struggling to breathe. Yeah. Uh, the surgeon who wore a mask for six hours to reconstruct my knee thinks that maybe you're lying and also a drama queen. <laughs> <laughs> well, look now, what I will say about wearing a mask, especially here in the South outside is different from in a hospital during a surgery. Okay, that shit outside is suffocating. Like I see, I ride down the road and see people in their car with their mask on. I'm like, why the fuck is you got the mask on in the car? It's your car. I don't have my mask on in the car. I put my mask on when I get out of the car, and I take that shit yeah. off when I get back in the car because it is hard to breathe, especially in this humidity. Shit. Yeah. Next. Just because he nuts and you don't mean he loves you. Niggas nut in socks. Socks. <laughs> oh, that's so rude, but also very true. <laughs> yeah. It is true. 
Uh, laying on a skinny dude chest like laying on the porch. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Oh God, it's not, it's not comfortable. It is not comfortable because <laughs> it's just ribs. You just laying on rib cage. Ugh, it's not. It's not terrible. Big man. Uh, big man unite. It's soft, like yeah, it's like a pillow. <laughs> but yeah. Them ribs is is, is painful. <laughs> yeah. Um. Next one. <laughs> Things Jesus was brown, Jewish, Middle Eastern, a child refugee, poor, homeless, an advocate of loving your neighbor. Things Jesus was not white. American, racist, homophobic, nationalistic, rich, full of hate, and Christian. <laughs> Ooh, white people gonna be upset. Of course they are. Of course they are. Last one, and this is a whole thread that that needs to be had. And it starts with Roy Wood Jr. because he be putting out Twitter gold. Uh, if a black person tells you you picked the right one today, you, in fact, did not pick the right one today. <laughs> the opposite. Yeah. It's the and inflection now, with what you said, too. Like, you picked the right one today. You got the right one today. Look, it don't matter what the inflection is. If they say that shit to you, you fucked up. <laughs> if they be like, you picked the right one today. <laughs> that's, that's still not good. They finna go to the trunk. They just because they said it calmly don't mean you in any safer of a situation. True. <laughs> also, the phrase, who you think you talking to, is not an actual question, just no. an FYI. Yes, that's accurate. That's the less assertive cousin to, I wish a nigga would. Um. <laughs> uh, my son was like four years old and was giving my wife some attitude. So I asked him, who do you think you're talking to? And he had the sense to look around and point at the couch. <laughs> Everyone damn well should know what that means. <laughs> he was like, oh, shit, not you. I was he was like, not you. Hell not. Four years old, he know. <laughs> Hell no. And I got time today doesn't actually mean they have time. But for you, they will clear the schedule. Yes. And it's never for anything good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, so I got time today is a different one, you know, where it's like if somebody be like, hey, can you help me move? And they'd be like, oh, I got time today. That's different. But if they on some, I got time today. If they but if you shit, ain't asked like, them no questions and they say, I got time today, like if you're asking a question, they're like, yeah, I got time. That's different from you made a statement and they like, oh, I got time today. You ain't even asked them on, about their time. It depends on the question. It depends <laughs> on the question. If a motherfucker asks you, do you believe all lives matter? <laughs> and they say that shit, you, you're not in a good situation because it was a question. <laughs> the content of the question indicated that they finna come for your ass yeah. right now. They finna clear the schedule. It's gonna be bad. <laughs> See, also, your mother says, what did you just say to me? The correct answer is always nothing sorry. Oh, hell no. Yeah. What'd you say? Nothing. <laughs> that is <laughs> not an actual reason. inquiry. Yeah, don't. It's not an inquiry. Don't repeat it. <laughs> Please don't repeat whatever you said. 
you're going to learn today. Please know a physical lesson is about to be taught. Run. (laughs) 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 The phrase people grow up with the same life. It's so funny. It is funny as hell. (laughs) The phrase be right back is the deadliest of all. You shouldn't be there when they get back. (laughs) (laughs) They say you got me fucked up is top three. Yeah. Let's not forget it's descendant. You got me all the way fucked up. Yes. I don't know when this ends or they just keep going. I know it ends at a certain point. Also, if shorts are being pulled up while asking what's up, just know that there is no interest in knowing what's actually up. <laughs> <laughs> Hands finna get thrown on your ass. <laughs> it's good, bro. Don't even worry about it. You should definitely worry about it. Yes. Men, if women say that too, like, okay, don't worry about it. Yeah, like if you be like, uh, bro, you got that 20 20 that you, uh, that I let you borrow? Nah, nah, I ain't got it, man. It's all good, bro. Don't even worry about it. (laughs) Oh, shit. I better get this nigga $20 in the next two days. (laughs) (laughs) Nigga better shoot up my grandmama house. But if your girl say that, you also need to be concerned. If she asks you, hey, you'll help me get these groceries, and you like, oh, yeah, you know what? Let me finish. Let me finish this game real quick. You know what? Don't even worry about it. Be concerned. You know what? You the unreasonable one in that situation. How am I unreasonable? Y'all, you know how games work today. Pause Online games. Game. You, yeah, you can't pause games today. It ain't Mario. You can't pause a game where you're working with a team to achieve a goal. If I'm playing Apex Legends, that means I got to walk over into a corner and hide while the zone closing on me to help you out real fast while my team is running on, hoping that I don't get killed in the process, limiting my team's ability to succeed. It's summertime. So whatever I bought that's in this car that's, that's cold to go sit out there, who the fuck knows how long? I don't know if you just started this campaign or not. I don't know how long you're going to be sitting here helping your teammates out. Is that more important than you eating the food that I just went and bought, that I put in the car, that I walked around in the grocery store and got, and you can't come outside for five minutes to help me get this shit in the car? You know what? Don't worry about it. I got it. I can't help you for five minutes, but that five minutes ain't going to fucking spoil the milk. <laughs> All right, that five minutes ain't gonna spoil the goddamn. It ain't gonna be no five one... minutes though. That's the thing. You acting like you. I know when you be in the middle of a game. If you in the middle of, I don't. You don't know how long that's gonna be. You can't say, yeah, give me about five minutes. No, because if y'all doing well, the campaign gonna go on for a while. I could have been got it the groceries. Can in the possibly the take the about twenty minutes. That's about how much. A good match cost to finish. 20 minutes. I could have been and got it all in by then and put it away. As opposed to waiting them 20 minutes for you, then we go get it and then putting it away. I could have well, been what you gonna, What you're going to have to know in the relationship is there's a threshold of time within 20 minutes that if you get if you get there on minute one, I mean 19 minutes, that, that might be a moment where you got to bring all the groceries in. <laughs> but that's not going to be all the time, okay? That's not going to be all the time. You ain't going to leverage you're not going to leverage my situation with a, something as core as you got to eat, don't you? You want to eat groceries, don't you? <laughs> is that is that 19 minutes that I didn't attend to you and you bought all the groceries in going to be the reason you tell me I can't eat groceries? Maybe. 
See, that's good. That's when that's when petty shit gonna start happening. That's when they gonna come in with a whole host of groceries on his own of shit you don't like, <laughs> and gonna cook that shit every day. That's what I would do. I don't even give a fuck if you playing. No, you can't eat none of these groceries. All right, you gonna hear my keys jangling in the next five minutes. I'm gonna bring back every bit of all the groceries. Yeah, we're gonna have two milks, we're gonna have two cheeses, we're gonna have two cereals, we're gonna have two everything. And you're gonna be sitting over there saying, We need to spend this money, but I did this shit to myself. <laughs> I knew his ass was petty. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's what I would do. Yeah, don't look. If I'm playing a game I can pause, I will definitely pause it and come and get them groceries. You need to judge me based on knowing that I will do it in the moment that it's possible to be done. Not in the moment where I'm in a situation where it's hard to do it and then be like, oh, this nigga, huh? This nigga here. Even though I know he'll do it 99% of the time or 100% of the time when he can do it, when he, he can't do it when I want him to do it the way I want him to do it, and you're going to be pissed. No, that shit, that shit don't fly. Mm-mm. Like men, if you play games, let's just gonna cut cut this shit. Men, if you play games where once you start a match, it's hard to get out of it until the match finishes, you need to go ahead and rip the band-aid off of that now for your ladies, okay? <laughs> NBA 2K, Madden, once those games start, they can last like up to an hour, goddamn, depending on how the game go. You know, I don't play games that last that long. I don't got the patience for that shit. But, man, if you do that, you need to rip the band-aid off your women and let her know, like, once I start a game, it's a system. You I know? don't give a shit about no system. You can let me know that ahead of time. You can 100% do that. But I'm still going to have a fucking attitude that you decide to sit there for another hour and finish playing your basketball game instead of helping me get this shit in. Because I'm not going to say, I'm, but what am I going to do while I'm waiting for you to do that when I could have just got the groceries in and put them holes away? I'm not going to sit here for no you hour. You better bring the fucking milk, eggs, and cheese in, what you better do. <laughs> Leave the chips and the warm shit in the car so I can come and get them whenever I need to come I'm and get gonna them. I'm going to bring all you of this. Bring all of that shit in. You did that to yourself. You did it to yourself. No. All you had to do was the lightest work you can do to get the cold shit in the house, and I'll take care of the rest. But you know what? Because you wanted me to do the shit your way and have my help on command. Like I'm a goddamn soldier in the military ain't instead of your no mate. No soldier in the you ain't taking no you you gotta take consideration for your partner. I am taking consideration for my partner when it's not sitting playing no fucking games. And I play video games, but I still would be like, okay, don't worry about it. I would, that would 100% be a situation where I'd be like, you know what? I got it. Don't worry about it. And I will get all them groceries in and have an attitude for the whole rest of the day. Well, it looks like I'll be able to play the fucking game uninterrupted. Look like that's what that is. That's what it would be. Like, hey guys, my girl mad, so I'm good for the next three hours. <laughs> <laughs> but look, for me, look, petty is a game that people you don't want to play petty with me. I just you don't want to play petty with me. I will be qu- I'll be silent for a week and fine. <laughs> Mother will be like, I ain't heard from I ain't heard from Mr. No point in, in some days. What's going on? Oh, you said you didn't want to talk to me. 
<laughs> I'm respecting your wishes because I'm respectful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All I'm right, let's <laughs> let's continue. Yeah, you don't need nobody as petty as you or as petty as me. No, <laughs> you just need somebody that's gonna be like. Guys, my girl, man, I'm going to get off on the next round and go and hug her a little bit and make sure she okay. You need somebody who's going to do that shit. <laughs> if you fuck around and got to do with my level of potential petty, then, you know, you're going to have a fucking bad time. You're going to have a lot, like, fucking 120 days of your year going to be you being mad at a nigga. <laughs> <laughs> And, and on principle too, it ain't because you really mad. It's because you just need him to know that the shit that he did was unacceptable. So you're gonna manufacture your own anger, sitting there taking minutes off your own life. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my favorite is okay. Now see, here's where you got me all the way fucked up. The okay now see preface sets the tone. <laughs> And if you get asked, say it again, say it one more time, or say it in my face, please have some sense enough to know that if you comply, that your mouth will be writing a check that you can't cash. Yes. In, in the South, I heard someone say, if you feeling froggy, then just leap. Never heard that before, but Lord, I learned that day. Do not leap. Don't leap. <laughs> <laughs> Do not leap. <laughs> not Don't go leap well. at all. <laughs> The appropriate response to that for those who know and don't want the smoke. Hold up, shotgun. I ain't know you was loaded. I ain't heard of that. That That sounds like some hometown shit. It does. I'm the local crackhead said or something. (laughs) If a white person says you picked the right one today, it is more than likely produce related. I would love to be able to do like a YouTube video where like I was able to ask random white people some of this vernacular to see if they have an understanding. I feel like most of them would take it at face value and not realize the meaning behind it. (laughs) Like I feel like most of them would have no idea you in danger right now if that's said. (laughs) It's a problem. (laughs) Like I feel like most of them don't know. Oh, this dude. I feel dumb asking, but would someone please explain this to a Cuban? I don't mean to spoil the joke. I just don't understand. This is um, this is based on the original one that Roy Wood Jr. said. There's people in cultures that don't understand some of this shit. It's problematic. Oh, this guy's this girl is responding. It comes from a lifetime of constant harassment. In some parts of the country, you live at a slow simmer as people abuse you all day long. <laughs> <laughs> then there's that one person who does that one thing one that one day when the simmer becomes a fast moving fire headed straight at them. <laughs> in Cuban, this just means straight up. Oh shit, she done said some shit in Cuban. I ain't even gonna say it. <laughs> oh shit. In Cuban, this just means straight up te equivocaste conmigo. I said the best I could. They say, can you translate that into English, please? And it says, you were wrong to mess with me, and I'm about to cut you to pieces. Shit. 
Bro, Dominican motherfuckers love talking about cutting people. I don't know if y'all hang around Dominican people. They love talking about cutting a motherfucker. It's a lot more direct. Um, first of all, let's be clear. Mean shit is about to get real dark. Yes. And, and it's we... never a second of all. It's always first of all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's never any follow-up. And if we tell you to say it again or it's cousin, what did you say? We did, in fact, hear you the first time, and I would advise you not to repeat what you previously said. (laughs) (laughs) And if a black person says to you, I have time today, you're going to wish they didn't. (laughs) I add that if a black person says, oh, you must have me mistaken, you indeed have them mistaken. (laughs) If... Any said phrases above or below are accompanied with any type of laughter. Remove yourself post haste. <laughs> I feel like if you made it to the laughter stage, you may have already exceeded your time limit. Yeah. It's over. This, this dude said, My uncle used to say, Your mouth writing a check, and I'm the motherfucking teller. Damn. Yeah, that's I like the uncle that. shit. That uncle shit is they take the phrase like it's supposed to be and then change it over to some other shit that still makes sense and make it more aggressive. I'm going to cash the shit out of that chick. That's like if the conversation starts with on everything I love, there's about to be a problem, especially with if the hands are clapping in step with the words. Oh, everything I love. And can we add what you're not going to do is and then this last person said, correct it to finna. What, what you're not, not finna. finna do is. <laughs> That's it. It's so funny how we all live the same. Like, culturally, like, it's just certain things that you could talk to a black person that you never met before and y'all gonna have shit in common. Like, it's gonna be shit that your moms did that's in common. It, it, it can even be somebody that ain't even from the same part of the country that you're from. Like, it's just, it's so funny how we live the same life. Yeah. Um. But that's it. That's all I got for the uh, viral post. <sighs> okay, let's, let's talk about Will and Jada. All right. So... First of all, did you watch the Red Table? I did watch the Red Table. Will Smith. And this is one of those situations where your affect don't match (laughs) what's going on. He was laughing and he was like saying he was okay, but his eyes, his eyes look Sad as a motherfucker. Like, so now the new word for 2020 that people are wearing out is entanglement. If you didn't watch the red table, or you, I don't know how you could not know that this is going on, but August Alcina came out and said that he slept with Jada. He had a relationship with Jada, and Will gave him permission. So Jada Pinkett brought herself to the red table and came to the red table with Will, which I was surprised. I wasn't expecting him to be there. Um, and basically, she said it started out with her helping him because he had um, some addiction issues. The whole family kind of, you know, gathered around him to help him. And then her and Will were going through some shit. She thought they were, like, done, done. And then she had what she calls an entanglement <laughs> with August Alcina. <laughs> um, so let me say this. <clears throat> 
it, and it's the same way I feel about when Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union broke up, or they they didn't even really break up. They they were taking a break, and he went and got a bitch pregnant. Like if we're having problems, and the first thing that you do is go hop on another dick or hop into another vagina. I'm really not, um, I just don't think I'm going to be wanting to get back together with you. Like, after I find out that that's what you did in the time that we was apart, like, all right, <laughs> okay, well, it's obvious, like, you got you got a whole nother life going on right now, so you go you go do that. Um, for, so, for me, I know people are like, well, they were, you know, they thought they were broke, they weren't going to get back together and all of this shit, I guess. Um, but we'll... Will was making jokes and laughing about it, but his his face did not match his words. Like he looked like how he looked in pursuit of happiness. <laughs> like I mean, Will Smith, he said how he felt. He said he felt like that supportive husband at the press conference that's standing oh, behind yeah. her and while she's giving the, the you know response to whatever's going on. I mean, he already told you how he feel about the situation. And he called I mean, her a lot of when she kept trying to say entanglement, he was like, entanglement? No, say what it was. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the, I think people latched on to it because of how Will Smith responded to it. Because I think that's how one of them spiritual, into the air people would respond to some shit like that, a relationship that she didn't want to be a relationship. Or maybe she didn't even acknowledge it as a relationship. And maybe he did. But, so, here's my thing about that. If this situation let's say instead of jada and august it was will in september with september being a woman if the family had brought september in and september was in a vulnerable place and was having addiction issues and was just having general mental health things going on and you know they brought her in and they helped her out and then will at some point with him and jada were broken up slept with september i feel like people would be looking at him like he was predatory like, oh, you took advantage of that girl. She was in a vulnerable position. You know, she had, you know, all going on. You you were kind of like a savior for her. You helped her out, and then you took advantage. I feel like that's how people would look at it. That is how they would look at it, because that's how they're looking at it with Jada. Like, but, there's a subset of people saying that shit about Jada. Is but there's being predatory. Not, as, not as many people. Like, I feel like she's getting a much bigger pass as a woman doing this than he would have got. Yeah, but it would still be an irrational perspective um, because when I think of Predator, I think of somebody who planned this out from the beginning to get this thing. Not in a moment of opportunity um, that it showed up that it yeah, being predatory. Just because there but, was an opportunity for you to do it don't mean you should have did it. But this is the thing. We don't we don't know the process. I mean what we know is that he was he recovered from all of the stuff that he, he did. He and it's did not like it. hold on. Okay. It's not like they were healing him. They said they were connecting him to resources. Like they were his friends connecting him to resources to get him help. That's but how he they was staying with them and shit. But, like, but that, I mean, still, that is that the same thing. Like, if you women who women who remove themselves from a domestic violence situation and go to a friend's house, why they in therapy? Why they getting help and why they getting everything? It don't hold that those people to the responsibility of of what comes along with human interaction. And so, I don't think that we know we don't know the process if August. 
got his healing, got done, got everything out of the way, and their relationship turned into one where they were just hanging out as friends and chilling for a period of time. Like, at what point would it have been comfortable for people to accept that they may start to like each other like that? I mean, at some point, they have, like, you can't, if somebody helped you five years ago, or if somebody helped you last year and y'all dating now, and people know that y'all, you helped that, that person helped you, is that a predatory now? You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't know enough information to, to call that predatory. We just don't know the timeline of all of that. I mean, clearly, clearly, if he came in, if he came in the room drunk and high, and Jada was like, give me that meat, <laughs> you know, then, yeah, that's a problem, you know. But if I feel like if boundaries were maintained while they were helping him, they helped him, and then he got through what he got through, and then it turned into something because they happened to be hanging out at a time when Jada's marriage was going down the drain, that's different. Uh, I don't know. This was a little, because keep in mind, this was four years ago. I just looked up his age. Yeah, he would have been 22 23 years old at the time that this don't matter happened. how old he is what don't matter how old he is again i just do not believe that these will be your responses if this was will doing this with a female that there was this age. well we live in a double we live in a society with double standards i'm uh i am reacting appropriately for our society <laughs> like yes it would be a different response if it was will smith it's the same shit have, it's not the same shit we don't respond Men, you know good and goddamn well that we don't respond to women the same way when shit happens. We don't respond to men the same way. It doesn't way. mean that we shouldn't, and it doesn't mean that it's not the same thing just because we don't like to or we choose not to perceive it as the same thing. It doesn't mean that it's not the same thing. Like, this is the exact same situation. With The, the only difference is that the genders are reversed. And the gender it does not make him any more or any less vulnerable than if he was a woman and, and Will was doing this. Like, to me, it's the same. I know how the world looks at it, but that, um, what I'm saying is that we shouldn't look at it that way. She should not get a pass because she's a woman and, and he was a, a boy or a young man, whatever. Well, if you're going to crucify it, Will for this shit, she should be getting crucified. I wouldn't crucify Will for this. I would, say, world I would say that she's 22 years old and she can have her decision that she wants to about her sexual freedom. She can do whatever the hell she want to do, so even if that, that means they about, do that's 40 years old, 50 so years old. you feel old, that way about you know. R. Kelly victims that were in their 20s or 1920? Well, we know same? for a fact that R. Kelly was predatory. We know for what? a fact that R. Kelly created a... It, what, my issue with R. Kelly ain't about the fact that he had sex with somebody that was old enough to have sex with him. Is that he manipulated families? Is that he used his career and his profession? Is that he locked women up? Is that he uh, uh, told women that they couldn't do things? I mean, that's R. Kelly's situation. You know, that's what he, we're talking about a couple who don't have a history of doing this at all, who actually came into a person's life for a specific reason, and potentially upon that reason that they came into the life being met, maintained a positive relationship. Upon having that positive relationship, when stuff went wrong in uh, in the marriage, it introduced a a possibility to interact with somebody she was in proximity with, which we know when we're in proximity with people, we get close. And th that's, wh that's what I feel. Ha I don't feel like there's no level for her to be predatory. It would have to be some intention to it. And for Will Smith to be predatory, it would have to be some intention to it. If it just happened to turn into a de develop into this because we just all been around each other, we all friends, 
and all of this thing being that, that just would have been a natural development. It would have looked bad to society standard, but I would have felt the same way that I feel right about this situation right now. I mean, like I said, you would have felt you, me and you would have felt consistent. You would have felt that it was consistently wrong on Will's yeah. part and on Jada's part. I would have, I would have assumed nobody did anything wrong in this. <laughs> nobody did anything wrong. I mean, you could possibly assume that. Well, they didn't say they separated. They said they broke up in their marriage. You know, which I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means when we break up in our marriage, we free reign for anybody to do whatever we want to do with. So I guess if something wrong may have been done, then maybe it was her cheating on him. If you if you want to say that even though she was married, she shouldn't have did that. You know, you could call that cheating. But if you don't call that cheating, nobody did shit wrong. Everybody was of age. Uh, Jay and Will Smith ain't no fucking health authority members. <laughs> they ain't no. They ain't part of a profession that say, "Well, we're we're healing people," which means we are bound to some kind of standard of not engaging with those people in certain ways. You don't have to be bound to a standard if if you if you're coming in and Jada even said that she has a codependency issue where she likes to take broken people and she's attracted to broken people. And when you when you take somebody from the bottom, which is where August Alcina has said that he was, there is a level of I'm not gonna say worship or saviorship, but you're gonna look at the person who helped you when you were that low. You're not gonna look at them in the same light as you're gonna look at somebody that you just was around and just happened to fall into a relationship with. Like it's a difference in you giving her the credit. For, for turning your life around or helping you turn your life around. Like, that's a different relationship, a different friendship than it is if, if, if you just was hanging out, you just was friends and just, oh, this, this kind of just happened. You know, he has said that he was at the bottom. He has said that he, you know, was he could have died. That's different to me. Like, her, her, her place in his life in the beginning was them helping him. Her and Will both said that he was really, really sick when they when they all started fucking with him. And her purpose was to help him. So, like, I don't know. For me, well, because of that, it's different. So, you believe that if somebody helps you, that if somebody helps you in, in the past and you get help and the help is done... There is no point in time where you can ever have a relationship with that person. Like, like this was over a fifteen-year span, though. This this was not that long of a time frame. It's not like it was years after. Well, that she him. all all I'm trying to do it because what what that question establishes is that there is a time frame in your head to where because if you don't say you can never be that, that means there is a time frame. Yeah. How long is the time frame? Is it a month? Is it two months? Is it a year? Because we that it could very be possible that he got help in twenty in the beginning of, of twenty sixteen and by twenty seventeen start he was good and still hanging out with them and before her marriage went on the rocks. But you know, as a part of like substance abuse, jumping into a relate like it's people joke about the thirteenth step. Like that shit is a known thing that people get wrapped up in each other and they get wrapped up in people that help them when they go through abuse like that is a known thing and so again for me because of the the type of issue that he was having we tell people who who go through substance don't 
you don't hop into a relationship with the people in, in your in your NA groups or your AA group. You don't hop into a relationship with your um what what your sponsor. You don't hop into a like we discourage that for that specific issue that he was having. So again, for me, but it's just different. Well, I look he at it probably should have known that and not gotten in a relationship with Jada Pinkett. No, but Jada Pinkett. Listen, I ain't saying Jada Pinkett had didn't go through them classes that she went through. Maybe she know that, but Jada Pinkett was a regular person in this situation. She was somebody who his marriage was broken, who she didn't know what was going on at that time, and she was hurt. And so it did. I just don't look at this as like no intentional effort to thwart this man's life and take advantage of him. I mean, she was a human like he was a human, and two broken humans got into a situation. The only thing that would make a difference to me if she had a bag of cracks spingling around his face, and he was like, okay, let me go get that crack. If I mean, if she used his substance abuse issue to get to him, that is wrong. But if she didn't use his substance abuse issue to get to him, and he overcame whatever it was, and then got into this entanglement with her, then I don't think that's wrong. I think it's a fucked up scenario. I think that I don't think that if J- Jada Pinkett could look into a crystal ball and see what it turned into, that she would have got into it. I don't think if he could look into a crystal ball and see what it turned into, that he would have got into it. But look at their description of the relationship itself and how uneven that shit is. He talk about how she he she the first person he's ever truly been in love with. He had all like he talked about this relationship like it was just the most deep in-depth thing that he's ever experienced in his life she calling the shit an entanglement talking about she just wanted to feel good the levels at which they even describe their interaction don't even match like both of them ain't saying oh you know we was hanging out we was just we got close because we were friends and then it just kind of happened this nigga fell madly hopelessly hard in love with this woman and she won't even say we had a relationship she says an entanglement their description of what they did is it's uneven as fuck. Listen, side chicks and side dudes fall in love with their married partner every day, B. And that shit ain't new. <laughs> you know, when somebody doesn't have the responsibility of uh, of maintaining your emotions on their plate because they're hurt or they got another situation, but you wide open, yeah, it's going to be uneven. That's what but happened. the whole point is that she didn't have another situation. Her and Will were done, done. They were broken up. She didn't think they were ever getting back together. It was over, according to both of them. So she didn't have another situation. And I mean, technically, I guess he, he wasn't a side piece. He was, well, I mean, I, I'm not going to. I mean, I, I don't. I'm, I mean, they said that. I don't think that's the case. You know what I'm saying? Like, they've always defined themselves as life partners and August Alcina, while they had a relationship, communicated that he had Will Smith's blessing, meaning that Will Smith was still around in some capacity for him to engage with him for, well, through that situation. But they're saying he didn't give him he did not say No, yeah, no, no, did. yeah. No, but Jada Jada verified that. Jada said that she would will she sees how August could have perceived having Will's blessing. That's not a like that. Okay, listen, so that part I'm not, confused listen, me. I'm not no, saying I'm it's saying, a blessing. When she said oh. that, that didn't make sense to me. When she said that, I could see how he would perceive because we were broken up that that was you giving your blessing. That ain't me giving my blessing for you to fuck my my all my nigga because we ain't together. 
Like, that's not a perceived permission. Like, I don't understand how that's a perceived permission. If, if well, we ain't together, that don't mean that I'm like, yeah, go ahead. We ain't well, the way I interpreted it from his interview is that it's no way that you can give somebody a blessing without being in person. It don't make sense. Or talking to them verbally. You, I mean, so hers don't make sense because giving a blessing is something that you do in person. So I'm interpreting it that there is a point in time where Will Smith and August either talked or met while him and Jada were dating. That's the only thing that makes sense. I just otherwise what Jada said don't make sense. So it doesn't. That doesn't make sense. And Will again, just looking at him and his response to it, it does not seem like he gave nobody no blessing for this shit that happened. Like, I don't think that he was like, yeah, we broken up. You know, do what you do. I, I just don't, I don't think that happened. That ain't what happened with breakups and separation. I mean, people don't separate like they did while they married and then have a conversation about what that means for their interactions with other people. Motherfuckers just leave the house and be gone. <laughs> yeah, and but I'm saying, so what, call you. what interaction do you think August and Will had in which he would feel like Will gave him his blessing? Is what I'm I, trying to get. I at. feel like Will would probably still at the house around his kids and his wife when they was there, even though they were not what well, they was broken up. Like Will Smith in an interview, and I saw a clip of it said that me and Jada are life partners. That means it don't matter what she does, I'm in it for the long ride. But they and both said in the that, interview they were done. Like he said, I was done with your ass. Like I, I was ready to walk away. I don't think. I really don't think that means they're not going to interact or engage. I think that means that they're not going to be romantically involved. But if Willow and Jaden have a birthday party, they're going to be there. If they got financial bindings and relationships and issues that are going on, I feel like they're going to be, I feel like they're going to, like, I don't think that means that Will Smith ain't finna see Jada again in his life. And I don't Jada think ain't that either, but. Again. But him being over at the house for a birthday party or something specific, I still do not see how that could be perceived as I got Will blessing because he saw us together and I was around. Like, I'm here not because I gave you my blessing and this shit is cool. I'm here for my kids. Like, Listen, you got to think of who's saying this, ma'am. This is a 22-year-old from goddamn New Orleans. This nigga is used to... I'm sure this nigga is used to if, if you get seen with uh, if a baby daddy or ex see you with they go girlfriend, they shooting in your car. <laughs> so, cause Will didn't fuck him up his permission. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's like, oh, this nigga seen me with him and he ain't throw hands. Okay, I mean, oh. uh, we good, we good, Jada, we good. He from New Orleans, girl. Goddamn, <laughs> this nigga's life is different. They live in a war zone. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's that. Niggas shoot. Niggas in New Orleans shoot if you knock. They been yay out they hand. I don't know. And Will said something gonna... about getting back at her. Like, I don't know. He just seemed like he is hurt by it. And I don't know if he's yeah, hurt by it. Yeah, you because... know, so I I miss it. I interpreted that one way and somebody else interpreted it another way. And I was like, damn, I didn't interpret it like that. He said, I got to get you back first. And I was like, oh, damn. He feels like he lost her in the relationship, oh, so no. he's got to get her back. But then they was like, he think she thought uh, get her back was a reference to I got to do something to you now. 
Yeah, because Jada like, responded and said, oh, I mean, if you want to be petty, if you're going to be petty, like, that's why I think it's that second, not, not what you thought well, it was. Jada also said, you already got me back. And that's why I thought, that's why I, the dialogue went along with what I was thinking. I was thinking that I got to get you back because I lost you because I thought Will was giving one of those sentimental responses. That's what I thought. I so. And then I she think- said, you already got me back. And then he said, no, I didn't. And then she said, since you want to be petty. And I was like, oh. So I just was like, I thought she was saying he was petty about the come, but the, the uh, my interpretation don't make sense now. The other interpretation does make sense, but it didn't make sense for the context they was in. But that's it what I'm saying. It I'm didn't just, make sense for how cordial he was trying to be. But I think that, so for me, and knowing how men respond to uh, this kind of shit, with this shit becoming public and with everybody making the comments that they were making even before she did the red table stuff and all the memes that were being made and all of this shit. I think that the cordialness of him, it was him trying to save face. Like, it, uh, I don't know if you saw, uh, I'm sure that this was Photoshop, but 50 Cent put a post out where he supposedly was having a conversation with Will Smith and was like, damn, Will, you know, and Will was like, well, I mean, we was broken up. And <laughs> uh, 50 said some shady shit to him and he was like, fuck you, nigga. But it was I, I like just, it was a part in the interview where Jada said you can't some alluded to you can't control my actions. I control who I have sex yeah, with. Yes, like she was saying you can't get permission for him to have sex with me. I can only get it. And he said, Your your woman was saying that you can't give her permission for August to blow her back out. <laughs> yeah. Uh I feel like Will was how do you say face? Because even if you and her have, you know, this happened four years ago, y'all have come to like an agreement, y'all have discussed it, you gotten past it, whatever. Now it's public fodder. Because he even mentioned black Twitter, the fact that black Twitter didn't got a hold of it. So I know he's seeing all of this stuff. And I know he's seeing all the jokes that he the butt of the joke. He looked real bad in this situation as far as everybody else is concerned. He looked like a chump as far as everybody else is concerned. So I think there is a level of him that's upset about it. I think him acting like that it all it was all good and everything is cordial was more for like saving face, you know, so you can be like, I mean, I don't, I ain't worried about it, I ain't upset about it, so y'all shouldn't be upset about it and shouldn't care about it. But I think he is, and I mean, again, even just from him being a man, this level of embarrassment, even the, a man with the most healthy of egos and the most healthy of you know, this whole toxic masculinity shit, not having that, that shit, this, that's, there's a lot, there's a lot to deal with. And again, he even said, like, I feel like that wife standing behind, you know, and you know, when those situations happen, people looking at that wife, like she dumb as fuck. Why are you up there with her? He did this to you and you sitting up here behind him. Like, so I don't know. I think it didn't match because part of it was him trying to save face. And part of it was how he actually felt. That's how I. That's what I looked at. Cause like those little slips that he had, where he was like, "No, nah, Jada, you keep saying entanglement. What does that mean?" When he called her out on her, calling it an entanglement, and when he said that shit about getting her back, for me, you know, it just seemed like he. This is bad for him. This can't be a good time for him. Like he, he's the butt of the joke in this. Like yeah, Jada kind of like people might be like, "Oh, Jada, that's fucked up," but like Will. <sighs> It's got to be bad for him. How he's yeah. being abused and perceived in the situation. He can handle it. 
He's all right. He's fine. I know they would. I, I feel like the biggest part of this is that they were took by surprise on it, and they had to respond to something that they don't care to respond to. Yeah, I mean he and he could like he. I'm sure would have much preferred nobody ever knew this happened in his marriage. It's one thing for some shit to happen in your relationship that you privately and you deal with it, and it's a whole nother for some shit to happen in your relationship and it becomes public fodder. Like it's different. It hit different. It feel different. You can't even like, like I said, and and people making memes out the ass entanglement. They have you seen the Disney posters for Tangled? <laughs> I have, but ain't nothing I seen that's been more entertaining than them redoing that um that scene where his daddy left. Oh and he my was god! Talking on Uncle Jada, Phil. Have you, you seen that one? <laughs> you seen it? <laughs> Bruh, that Jada, why don't you want me? They redid the whole thing. You know, 50 Cent posted it on his page and he said, Whoever did this, do you need a job? You can work from home. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe 50 is petty enough to pay somebody to, to actually like pay somebody for a small period of time to do something. Yeah. That shit yeah, is even with you having got reached a point in your relationship where y'all have gotten past this, having this blow up the way that it has, it's gotta, you gotta feel some kind of way about it. Like, uh, and he just looked broken. Like, he looked like he had just stopped crying before they got on the damn thing. She looked fine. She was just like, yeah, you know, just blah, blah, blah. He looked, his, his affect did not match <laughs> what he was saying. Um, so I, you know, I don't know. It's going to be the joke for probably another few weeks and then it'll probably die down unless August say some more shit. If August keep his mouth shut and just shut the fuck up, it'll probably die down within a week or two. But if yeah. this nigga come out and need to say some more shit or want to clarify or like uh, whatever, then it's going to be problematic. <laughs> and this nigga need to just shut up and go and buy this goddamn business. I'll see if he do, but he even got into it with Kiki, and I, I did not see what she said, why that was offensive to him, and why he felt the need to, like, respond the way he did to her. Because what I read, it was, she was just saying, uh, no, he was never my man, and the, that's why you reaching as much as you are to the person who posted that picture of her and him together. And then he responded, like, bitch, you right, I wasn't never your man, because you could never, like, bro, August, relax. Why are you so emotional? Like, why was this something that upset you? <laughs> I don't get it. Calm down. You can, you can take the nigga out of New Orleans, but you can't take the New Orleans out the nigga. Yeah, that nigga was up, up and set. I was like... He might not be on drugs no more, but he's still probably really temperamental and um, and very impulsive with his emotions. That's just probably how he is. It's probably hard to be a nigga in a city full of rappers that can sing. <laughs> and then you probably you know, get a lot of fe- you probably get the feature a lot but you know and I hate, see I hate when this is going to be how he's known from now on it ain't gonna be his music <laughs> like this he's solidified that this is how people gonna know who he is cause I don't even know no damn August Alcina songs to be honest with you I don't even I can't even name a song he featured on I knew him before because he got like uh, some kind of autoimmune disease or something. Something had happened. He went to the hospital for some. 
Like, this is where his claim to fame is going to be and not his music, which is unfortunate. Mm, niggas been playing the shit out of his music. Have they? Yeah. Okay. I mean, when you're on Spotify with 90, 90 million listens, 93 million, 59 million on your top popular hits, I mean, that's that's a lot. I wonder how many of them listens came after this bullshit started. He got a 27-track album? 27? Oh, God. Bruh, <laughs> can't number 30% of this shit be good. <laughs> I don't even want to listen. Just because I feel like I'll be feeding into all of the shit. And I don't know nothing about no August. I'm, really, I'm utterly un- uninterested. Yeah, I'm not either. But... I don't care. Look like this was a one topic issue, a uh, one topic episode. Oh, really? Oh, well. <laughs> well, it was two hours and five minutes in. So, oh, okay. Yep. I mean, I didn't have nothing else other than I had something to say about Kanye. I mentioned, uh, I mentioned the Washington Redskins. They actually are in the process of changing their name. Kanye uh, supposedly going through a manic episode, which, uh, whatever. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, but if he's going through a manic episode and the family's concerned, like they're saying, then why the fuck are y'all encouraging? Like, when he said he was running for president, Kim posting and, and reposting it and shit. Like, you don't do that if you know somebody's going through a mental illness thing. Like, you don't hype it up. <laughs> you know what's crazy about this whole situation? Is that Kanye said he was running for president and the whole world was like, oh, yeah, Kanye's running for president. Okay, and had a conversation about him being realistically running for president. While his family is saying he bipolar. It's crazy that to us, Kanye's actions, whether he's having an episode or he's regular, it don't it don't look no different to us. His shit is so the, the decisions he making his life is so sporadic to the people outside of his circle. It looked like it's just a Kanye decision, not some <laughs> mental health shit. <laughs> like that's the fucked up part about it to me. It's like we see here, like, oh, Kanye running for president. None of us at any point said, oh, shit, this is an episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because all the shit he done done through his life either looked like an episode or all the stupid shit he do just looked like regular Kanye. Yep. One of the two. Have you used any hand sanitizer, like, just ra- randomly at a restaurant or sitting somewhere? Nah, I mostly use it at work. When I use a hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer is changing like a motherfucker, man. I used some hand sanitizer the other day that when you rub it around your hands, it's so sticky. It feels like glue. <laughs> but it dry up off your hands like regular sanitizer and, and your hands be normal. I'm like, man, this shit is fucking up my cells. We finna die, man. We finna die from hand sanitizer. <laughs> that's what we finna, that's what's finna happen. I was like, <laughs> What the fuck is this? What did they mix this shit with? Is what I was saying, and I kept rubbing it, and I was like, I just wait. And then at the end, I was like, okay, well, it 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 finishes like hand sanitizer, but the process between it was nasty. The fuck, yeah, me off, man. Everything Dude, is changing. The fuck off. Um, but yeah, I I just had to say that because I just scrolled <laughs> past some hand sanitizer. <laughs> I also got some hand sanitizer spray where you just spray it on your hand. Like, if it ain't goddamn that hand sanitizer you put on and it just dry up off your hands. But you know the hardest part about sanitizer? When you squirt it in your hands, 
and you put the damn bottle down, if you squirt a little bit too much, or maybe just right, it's just going to run around your hand and drip onto your pants or whatever anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just going to do that shit. It, you can't do nothing about it. You can't, we can't do nothing about this shit. Um, anyway, anything, anything else on your mind? Uh, nah, that's it. All right. Well, until we come to the next conversation, we out. Holla. <laughs>